All right, 67 days to go, and you are the ultimate jury. You, the American people, will decide. We have our interactive map in terms of have you registered? When is the registration deadline? Is there a deadline? Uh, What about early voting? When does it start? What about absentee voting if you're voting absentee this year? Interactive. Who is your congressional candidate? Is your state? Does it have a Senate race? Uh, I would say the level of urgency paying attention to that now is at an all-time high. That's why we created this interactive map. It's all there. Hannity.com. Take a look at it. Programming note. One hour after this program ends, 7 Eastern, a Hannity virtual town hall. We'd like to invite all of you to join us. It's totally free. And I'll be answering your questions uh, online with the virtual town hall. You can see me. It's it's cool. It's very I love the technology. And I said I've been doing this uh, now regularly. You can get signed copies of of Live Free or Die, America and the World on the Brink. But uh, it, that not a prerequisite at all. Just come join the town hall. Let's talk about the election. Let's talk about the RNC convention and any other questions you may have. I'll just be answering your questions for the for the time about 45 minutes to an hour, I guess. Uh, anyway, 800-941-SEAN, toll free number. You want to be a part of this uh, uh, extravaganza Amazing to me that what a difference a week can make a flawless Republican convention that actually showed thought was well done, well produced and really more uh, about what celebrating America's greatness, American goodness, American exceptionalism. Uh, looking at problems and how do we solve them short of blowing up the greatest economic system God has ever given man. On substance, it was deep. The diversity on display. It is, you know, it's amazing transformation that is now happening before our eyes. It is your modern radical extreme socialist democratic party has now become the party of the elites, the party of Hollywood, the party of institutionalized failure, mediocrity, the party of bumper stickers and slogans and and symbolism over real substantive uh, dramatic change that helps improve the lives of the American people. On every major issue, this is now the greatest choice election in the history of the country. And as the president said last night, the most important election we're facing in our lifetime. There's never been a major party that has taken on a platform this radical, this extreme, and this dangerous. And that is what is on the ballot in just 67 short days. You know, the president has reminded everybody, these were my promises. I fought for them, fought for you, and I kept my promise. No apologies for fighting either. You know, a lot of people, I guess, maybe think that's a negative. Well, his style, he's battling all the time. Well, what are you supposed to do when they're lying? And now we know they lied. The mob, the media lie. I love how they go out. Well, we're going to fact check. You know, I can't believe that uh, Governor Nome of uh, South Dakota just said that there's violence in American cities. Let's bring on Seattle Mayor Durkin to, com- to, 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 to confront these lies. I'm like, lies? The Chaz Chop Autonomous uh, Spaghetti Potluck Dinner uh, uh, Summer of Love Zone where people died. We're, we're gonna, that's not violence. 
allowing city blocks to be taken over by radical anarchists, you know, to have the same idiot networks out there, these fake news uh, channels and conspiracy theory channels saying, oh, no, it's a festival-like atmosphere in the protest of themselves saying it's nothing festive here. That wasn't designed to be festive. You know, the idea that we're going to defund the police now mainstream in the Democratic Party. Bolshevik Bernie wants an outlier, a radical extremist, an embarrassment even among the Democrats. Now he is the Democratic Party and he's proud of it and he's bragging about it. And he's saying, yep, now I used to be on the fringes. Now I am mainstream and, and all endorsed, embraced by this this ghost, this shell of a candidate. As the president is saying that, you know, pretty much a a Trojan horse for socialism. And that would be all things Joe Biden. Uh, We have a lot of developments today, you know, but, but this now comes down to choice. Do you want to believe the false promises of socialism? It has been tried. It has failed every single time. The idea it is unsustainable what they are saying that they will do. You will lose your freedom. You will lose the greatest wealth-creating system ever designed by man. That is capitalism. That is free enterprise. A system where where a, 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 government, a government, government that is predicated on natural God-given rights and protecting those rights, life, liberty, pursuit of happiness, not on equal results, We have been able, because of risk, reward, incentive, invention, innovation, creating the the greatest standard of living in any governmental system ever designed by man. And we, as a result, have been able to, as one country, advance the human condition beyond the wildest imagination. Remember, at the turn of the last century, they were talking about shutting down the patent office Because everything that could be created had been created. Wow, I guess they were a little premature there. There'll be no miracles, Joe Biden is saying. Well, we're now in, I would say, pretty miraculous uh, final phase human trials for a vaccine for coronavirus. No thanks to him and no thanks to anyone in the Democratic Party that didn't lift a finger to do a single thing. Except complain and point fingers and, and you ask them what they'll do and they didn't have any answers. And their policies, as stated, would have been disastrous, like no travel ban and no quarantine and no subsequent travel bans. I'd love to see if Joe Biden would have been able to think through uh, building out the biggest, fastest, largest medical mobilization in the history of mankind. I doubt it. As the president said last night, Biden's record is a shameful roll call of the most catastrophic betrayals and blunders in our lifetime. You know, his, his plan for what what is Biden's plan? OK, first of all, what has he done in 50 years? What has the name define any one, two programs that we can look at and say, wow, well done, good and faithful servant Joe Biden. What have you what have you done to improve this country in 50 years in the swamp? Because I'll give you chapter and I will give you verse of what Donald Trump has done in less than four years. This is the amazing thing. The mob will never vet Joe Biden. Joe Biden, what is his plan? We got the Bolshevik Bernie. We got the Joe Biden manifesto. 
all things extreme radical socialist as he says, you know, oh, I support the new Green Deal. My plan goes further, planning a new Green Deal. Everything is going to be free and we're going to eliminate the lifeblood of the world's economy and rip away millions of high paying career jobs in the energy sector in this country. Look at what they're saying they want to do to the country. Their stated policies are dangerous. Their policies will destroy the greatest wealth-producing system ever designed by man. There's a reason America had the military might to beat back the forces of fascism, Nazism, communism, imperial Japan, and more recently radical Islamism that Joe and Barack could not do. There's a reason that Joe and Barack, they didn't create record after record after record low unemployment for African-Americans and every other demographic group in this country. Donald Trump did that. They didn't do criminal justice reform. Joe Biden signed the bill that that resulted in disparate sentencing for minorities in this country. By the way, Alice Marie Johnson, what a speech last night. She has just been granted today by the president a full and complete pardon. God bless that woman. Love her. Amazing human being. And and so many other innocent people. One time drug offense, life sentence. And somehow she managed to put aside, you know, any 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 thought for her own life serves every young prisoner that she comes into contact with, with Bible studies and advice on how not to come back and see her again in jail. Amazing life she has led and is living. You know, what, what, what will they do? They're going to say, okay, we're going to eliminate fossil fuels. Okay, good luck to you if you were, live in Pe- Ohio or Pennsylvania, or North Dakota, or Oklahoma or Texas or Colorado. Good luck to the, to the millions of high-paying career jobs. They go away. And then somehow they're going to try to convince you that everything in life will be free and they're going to take care of it. When the, when all of you want to know what why we talk about these liberal cities and states run by liberal Democrats for decades and they deny the very violence we see unfolding day after day and night after night in these cities in New York City, in Chicago. I mean, sadly, you can probably make a prediction how many people will be shot this weekend in Chicago. Then you know, make it. And who wants to ever live in a country where you're not safe and secure in your own city and state? And Joe and Barack had eight years to fix it, and they didn't lift a finger to help Barack Obama's hometown, Seattle, Portland, Los Angeles, San Francisco. I call it a preview of coming attractions in Joe Biden's America. But they're going to convince us that we're going to we're going to get rid of fossil fuels eliminate the millions of high-paying career jobs and was going to simultaneously provide free pre-K through college education, free student loan forgiveness, guaranteed government job at a guaranteed government wage. Uh, We're going to have guaranteed government healthy food and guaranteed government vacations and guaranteed government health care and guaranteed government retirement. Well, if we look at liberal cities, they can't even the the most basic and most fundamental job they have is safety and security and maintaining law and order and protecting grandma and grandpa, mom and dad and our young children that are being shot and killed in all of these cities. 
They get a big fat F. How are they doing on education? Spend more per capita than any other country in the industrialized world. And the worst results are in the big cities and the blue states that have failed our children. It is a spectacular, epic fail. That Social Security lockbox, how's that doing? They raided it. They robbed it. They squandered it. How'd Medicare do? Headed for bankruptcy. How did the Obamacare promises do? Not too well, did they? Yeah, millions lost their doctors, millions lost their care, their plans, and and all of us on average, we're not saving $2,500 per family per year annually. We're paying over 200% more on average, and nearly 40% of the country has one Obamacare exchange choice. They want to stack the courts. They want to eliminate the Electoral College. They want open borders. They want amnesty. They want to eliminate free market capitalism. And in the name of so-called security, you will lose your liberty. You will lose your freedom. And what would, based on the most fundamental things they cannot, will not, have steadfastly not provided, why would anybody have confidence in 50 years of nothing but talk, 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 slick ads, slogans, and bumper stickers, and accomplishing nothing? They couldn't even run a campaign without it looking like a college student, uh, you know, some kind of Zoom call gone bad or a convention they couldn't even get up and running. I mean, and now we'll hide Biden, but they're right. No, we're going to get back out on the road. Oh, 67 days to go. We're going to get on the road. You're going to talk. You've answered 30 questions since March, Joe. Unbelievable. You get to decide. We, if we make the wrong choice here, I shudder to think what happens to this country. That's not hyperbole. Live free or die, America and the world on the brink in just 67 days. And Amazon.com, 40% off. Programming note, uh, many of you have been asking for signed copies. All right, so we're doing a town hall tonight. They'll be available, but it's free for everybody. You don't have to get anything. Uh, 7 Eastern, 4 Pacific, Hannity.com, and I will just be answering your questions, all things about, well, what is, uh, what's happening in 67 days. It's, come, it's going to fly by. The one thing I can promise you, this is going to go fast. Buckle up. It's going to be up and down, rocky road. You have now mass panic and hysteria uh, it is literally peaked out on the spectrum for all things radical Democrats and all things media mob. They watch. They may be corrupt. They may be liars. But they saw what the Republicans pulled off this week, and they see the momentum of Donald J. Trump. And by the way, Joe Biden got zero bump. Zero. That was it uh, from the convention. As a matter of fact, it was Donald Trump. He's the guy that benefited from Joe Biden's Zoom call, uh, DNC, whatever you want to call that. I hate Trump fest like a Zoom call podcast you know, from a college kid gone bad uh, there. I did not see this myself. I'm just reading from BizPack review. Uh, apparently he, I don't know, revived new questions about his mental acuity yesterday when he seemed to be reading from pre-written notes, according to this report. During an unscripted fake news CNN interview with Anderson Cooper. And anyway, so he continuously and apparently was staring off screen. This is what they're saying as if he was reading 
from some script. Now, well, I guess while it's possible that he may have just been staring off into space as he spoke, that wasn't the impression of, of other people. Uh, former acting director of national intelligence, Rick Grinnell, was a friend of this program and friend of Hannity, the TV show. He said, quote, this is embarrassing for Anderson Cooper, he tweeted. He just sits there and covers for Biden as he reads his points and struggles. Another viewer chimed in. Biden has spoken to cameras for years. He knows to look a camera, you know, into the eye to the viewer. He can't. And the impression left by some, again, this is opinion, I guess. Nobody saw any talking points or whatever, but that was the impression that they had. Uh, we'll get a copy of it, and I'll, I'll, I'll give you my own take on it. I just happen to see that. I'm like, hmm, that wouldn't surprise me. We've had a lot of weird moments from the basement bunker so far, haven't we? Uh, of course, last night, uh, the mob is triggered because Donald Trump actually had a convention and there was violence uh, outside of the, you know, the, the area, the perimeter that they had to create around the White House. I saw some of it myself. Um, and we saw what the videotape now, Rand Paul has gone pretty viral. Then you have another video of people leaving the White House, having watched the president's convention speech, being harassed by the mobs out uh, outside. Um, by the way, there was an interesting article uh, we put up on Hannity.com today. Uh, a record number of residents now also fleeing Chicago uh, as the city cannot get control or crack down on gun violence, looting the coronavirus and the anti-police protests. Listen, I'm, I'm giving you a prediction. You are going to see an, a stream, a mass exodus out of cities like New York, out of states like New York, out of states like New Jersey, out of cities like Chicago, out of states like Illinois. California is already experiencing it. It will now become accelerated and the residents left behind will be paying even higher taxes for fewer services. The same will start happening to Washington state, I predict, and, and Oregon and other places, you know, and they just they're just quiet. We, they act like the, the this violence isn't happening. It's just not there. We'll just act like it's not there. We'll cover our eyes and our ears and our mouths and. Hear no evil, see no evil, speak no evil. Really? I mean, okay, if you're not capable of supporting and providing basic, fundamental, the number one responsibility of, of any government is to protect the people. That's their job. And they, have, they won't even acknowledge it's happening the mob and the media won't acknowledge it's happening. It is a telling moment when Governor Christie Nome is talking about the violence in these decades-run Democratic cities and states and, and MSDNC. It's all state-run TV, conspiracy television. They have lied with abandon, all of them. The mob, the media, fake news, CNN, MSDNC, the Conspiracy Channel, ABC, NBC, CBS. They lied about Russia. They lied for years about Russia. They ignored Hillary's dirty Russian dossier. They ignored her obstruction with her subpoenaed emails. They ignored using a phony Russian disinformation dossier Hillary pays for 
as the bulk of information without which they would not have gotten the FISA warrants approved to spy on uh, a presidential candidate and deep into the presidency. They lie. They conspire. They don't care about that misinformation, Russian election interference. They didn't care at all about the real quid and the real quo and the real pro with Joe and zero experience Hunter. But they feign their selective moral outrage at a phone call that that the one fact witness in that whole impeachment hoax was. What were they saying? They're out there saying a conspiracy theory, which is what the mob that's their signature now that. Oh, no, no, that's all that, that nobody. No serious person has ever taken that seriously. You're not getting a billion taxpayer dollars until you fire a prosecutor investigating my zero experience son, Hunter. No experience in oil, gas, energy, or Ukraine. Millions of dollars? Or the China deal, 1.5 billion bank of China deal? And they don't tuck it, touch it? The guy answers 34 questions since, since March, and he's allowed to continue to hide in his basement. I guess I have to add up whatever number of questions that Anderson Cooper was feeding him. But, I mean, they are running. It is a full-on effort. All they know is they hate Donald Trump. Joe Biden says he will debate Donald Trump. Oh, okay. Gee, can't wait, Joe. It is it is something I've never seen things. It is beyond the information crisis. You have a united, radical, extreme socialist effort. They tried to have a coup in the United States of America. They used Hillary's dirty Russian disinformation dossier as the means to do it. The people that abused their power, those that were corrupt, there's no more ambiguity. The evidence is overwhelming and it's incontrovertible. But yet we still await the Durham investigation results. Hopefully we hear after Labor Day. Let's see after Labor Day. You have violence in the streets all across major cities in America president says, let me come and help you. No, we hate you, Donald Trump. No. Well, you know, this is the summer of love zone. What are you talking about? Chicago. They don't want any help. You know, all through the Biden Obama years, what did they do? They barely talked about Chicago. Little old Sean Hannity, you know, the conservative guy, the member of the press that is the entire newspaper, you know, is out there scrolling names that you've never heard of before of people shot and others shot and murdered in the streets of Chicago. And I couldn't get anybody to join me or pay attention to what was going on. Nobody cared. I cared because every single name is somebody that's a real American life. You know, you got Chop Zone in Atlanta, an eight-year-old girl shot in the back of the car. Mom made a wrong turn. That can't happen in America. One-year-old shot in a stroller in New York in a park. Dead, wipe a life wiped out. That shouldn't be happening in America. A beautiful seven-year-old girl in Chicago visiting grandma on a weekend, Fourth of July weekend. Dead. Why is this happening? And no, nobody knows the names of, of so many people, thousands and thousands and thousands. You see the rocks, the bottles, the bricks. The Molotov cocktails, frozen water bottles, then the gunshots, then the cops dead. Then, you know, we're headed now to 3,000 injured cops 
over, what, 14 dead now. And we're going to deny it's even happening and have a convention and not discuss it? You're not going to discuss it? Are you at, And you want to lead the country? And they get away with it? And the mob lets them get away with it? What, what are their eyes not showing them? I saw George Floyd and I was outraged. Universal outrage. That was not political. That can't happen in this country. The only way you're going to stop it is you must restore law and order, not defund the police. Kamala Harris supporting it. Joe Biden saying it. They become the enemy. And of course, they support reallocating funds. Now he's backtracking day in and day out. You know why? Because now the polls are beginning to show, uh-oh, oh, the, the people care about this. Uh-oh, that's not good. 71% Rasmussen poll. Yeah, they want law and order and safety and security. There can be no pursuit of happiness. That is a prerequisite in this country. Just like they've never been held accountable for their failing public schools. That ought to be a prerequisite. With the United States of America, for crying out loud, we, have, we can create ballistic missiles that can hit the top of a pin anywhere in the world. We can fix our educational system. We can guarantee safety and security if we put our minds to it. We can improve uh, law enforcement if only we'd think out of the box. I've been saying it often and have more training. I, I'm a student of mixed martial arts. If a guy's in handcuffs, if I manipulate two fingers, not break them, manipulate them. This is the response. Ah, ah, ah. That's going to be the response. With that response comes compliance. It's not that hard to teach, but it's got to be taught. There are non-lethal weapons available that are created, and we're not giving them to law enforcement, short of the nuclear option for a cop, which is a gun. There are ways to improve policing. This is if we you, you put our brains together, you can't fix a problem if you don't acknowledge the problem is existing. Unbelievable times we live in. That's what all of this is on the ballot in 67 days. You saw the protesters harassing. There was one in particular case about Black Lives Matter uh, protester accosting Georgia State. Representative Vernon Jones, as he left the White House to walk to his hotel last night, group of protesters shouting obscenities at Jones, and he had a woman accompanying him. Some recognized him from his speech and demanded that he say the name Breonna Taylor. Uh, are you a black Trump supporter? One asked. You're a blanking effing disgrace. Shame. Another shouts at the guy. Why? Because he has a different opinion. Then they use the House N word. Really? So kind and loving, compassionate liberals, anarchists. You have the rioters surrounding Rand Paul, his wife threatening to kill him. Police barely able to hold back the mob there. You know, saying they're going to kill us and hurt us. This is your new Democratic radical party that Joe Biden couldn't mention in his convention speech, but nine words. Now the Democrats are scrambling to come up with a response to the riots. Hey, just like coronavirus, Joe, too little, too late. You wanted, you were against the hysterical xenophobic travel ban. 
the fear-mongering travel ban, the subsequent travel bans. Your fellow Democrats are too busy impeaching and having a trial for Donald J. Trump over something that Joe Biden and Hunter actually did. Just hypocrites. They've ignored problems, and they ignore problems today. Now they can't keep simple, basic safety, security, and educate our kids, but they want to say everything is going to be free and will wipe out the lifeblood of the world's economy to do it? What are we going to have foreign policy-wise? Are we going to drop another $150 billion in cash and other currencies on the tarmac of mullahs that chant death to America? 72% Zogby concerned with violence in these cities, and worse yet, 62% say it will affect and impact their vote. Now, oh, based on the polling, now all of a sudden they're going to act like they give a, you know what. But that's a political game, too, they play. There's a lot at stake in 67 days. Keep telling everybody I've got a five-alarm fire going in my head, my heart, my soul, and my solar plexus. This country, it will not be the same. It will become unrecognizable with their false promises of socialism that will end in broken promises, just like Obamacare. It will end in more poverty. It will end in more misery because that's what the history of socialism is. Chapter four, live free or die. I live free or die, America, and yes, the world on the brink. Hour two, Sean Hannity Show, 800-941-SEAN. You want to be a part of the program, 7 Eastern tonight, uh, one hour after this radio program ends. We are doing a virtual town hall. It is uh, 2020, 67 days to go, and you ask me any question you want. All right, just all you have to do is go to Hannity.com and uh, join. Uh, you, you will be able to get autographed copies, but it's not... There's no charge. Just come join us. Just hang out. Maybe you have a question about the book that you've already gotten, whatever. But they're available if you want them. Amazon.com, 40% off. It's uh, If you haven't been out, if you haven't picked up Live Free or Die, everything that is at stake in this election, uh, America, the world on the brink, Costco's, Walmart, Target, uh, Books a Million, Barnes & Noble, uh, bookstores near you, and many of you now can go to bookstores again, thank God. I used to love just walking around bookstores. Uh, anyway, so two stars, friends, both friends of this program, emerged at the convention. Uh, of course, our friend Burgess Owens, he's now running for the 4th Congressional District in Utah, former NFL player. By the way, he won a Super Bowl in 1980 with the Oakland Raiders. Uh, Jack Brewer, a former American football safety uh, played in the NFL with the Vikings and the Giants and the Eagles and the Cardinals. Both of them brought the house down. First, we'll start with Jack Brewer. Then we'll play Burgess Owens. Then they'll join us. Before I left to come deliver this message, my energetic eight-year-old son, Jackson, stopped me and said, Dad, can you please just tell everyone that all lives need to matter and that God loves everyone? In that moment, I realized that my eight-year-old had figured out what so many adults have seemed to forget. We are not as divided as our politics suggest. I run for Congress because we don't need more career politicians. We need a few more chimney sweeps. We need more leaders like President Trump who understand the freedoms that make up the fabric of America. My fellow Americans, specifically my Democrat and independent friends, it is now time for us to unite and put aside partisan barriers. Help us win back the House. 
keep the Senate and give our president four more years. And I promise you, we will make you proud. Thank you. And God bless the United States of America. Joining us now, Jack Brewer and also uh, Burgess Owens is joining us. Uh, Gentlemen, thank you both for being here. Burgess, we'll start with you. And uh, as we heard you second and, you know, now you're running for your own seat in Congress. This is a winnable seat for Republicans. The Utah uh, District Number Four, Congressional District Four. Um, I I can tell you the feedback I got on both of you at the the RNC was phenomenal. Well, first of all, BurgessForUtah.com, for those who want to support me and we can get this thing done with. Uh, This has been such a remarkable chapter to me. Uh, You know, Jack and I uh, continue to text each other back and forth, and I just feel so honored, literally, to see these young people uh, waking up and being so bold about the truth and articulating really where we are today. Uh, it, it's the voices of, of black Americans across the country that I think is waking up our, our country overall, because we're realizing that uh, what, what we've been trained to think has been, been a lie. And uh, we're now seeing that we have a president who's actually put things together in a place that we can literally move together, forward together, and not be divided. And that's, that's what our country comes down to. And I'm looking forward to that process happening for sure. Jack uh, Brewer, why is this? There, why is there any resistance, a mysterious reluctance, resistance in major cities that are seeing violence and rioting and anarchy on their streets to lift a finger to keep innocent citizens safe and secure? And I, I, I'm having a hard time understanding why there is a reluctance to restore order. It's just a, a long history of confusion. Um, you got people that uh, look out in, in their in their lens. You know, they don't see what we see, uh, Sean. They don't see the movie playing that we're seeing. They're watching a different movie. Uh, and for them, you know, it's a lot of victim mentality. And that's kind of what leads uh, mm-hmm. their thought, that leads their reactions to things. And, you know, it's really sad uh, when you see people react one way uh, based on the color uh, of the of the perp- person that perpetrated the crime. So if a white man kills a black man, uh, you react differently than a black man killing another black man. Uh, that tells you that it's, it's souls that need to be checked um, because any life should matter and you should make you upset anytime you see a little kid getting shot, no matter who uh, is the perpetrator, any, any any innocent person. But, you know, we got a lot of educating to do. And I think, like Burgess said, man, um, he's been so instrumental. I know in my um, evolved evolution. And so we need to keep doing that, you know, keep having that truth being spoken. And I was so proud of the Republican Party uh, for getting back to the Republican Party that freed the slaves and fought against Jim Crow uh, and had done so many great things. You saw so many black people on that stage delivering messages to the American people. I know I've never seen that, not in my lifetime. Uh, And it was a beautiful thing. I think it resonated with the American people. And I think it's going to create the momentum that's going to put Donald Trump back into office. It's amazing how there's been a dramatic shift with Donald Trump that that really his party. uh, I'm a registered conservative, in case you guys don't know, uh, Burgess. But they have now become the party of working men and women all across this country. Uh, They're the party that wants to protect jobs of American citizens first. They're the ones that. Uh, believe in law and order and safety and security. They're the ones, they're the party of freedom. 
Uh, they're not yeah. the party of anarchy and chaos. I mean, Joe Biden has been in that swamp for 50 years. What the hell has Joe Biden done in 50 years that we can point to and say, oh, good job, Joe? Well, well I'll tell you, Sean, not only that, but I think we've all been, I have been for quite a few decades, very disappointed in the Republican Party also. But now we understand why. By the way, me too. We get, yeah, we, we get a president like President Trump. What we recognize is that there's been elitists on both sides of the party to care less about we the people. Uh, they've had a nice lifestyle. They've, they've, they've kind of partied together, done their thing, and left us behind. And what President Trump did is he, he's truly draining the swamp. And those who are uh, who, who could not stand the change, either they're retiring or they've been or, or they're being uh, uh, put out of office. But either way, we're now getting back down to the crux of who we truly are. And that's what we saw this weekend. We saw so much light, so much hope, so much optimism. That is the American way, and that's why the Republican Party is now a place for all of us to come together because we finally have a leader who shows us what American leadership looks like, and we have people that's following his, his, his lead. The, uh, Congress is going to come in now that knows what it looks like, how it feels, and what it works for. And I tell you, I, I can't say this enough, the next four years is going to be a true renaissance. America will see what the greatness looks like, what, what unity looks like, and what and the left, if they want to be at, a part of the, on the table, Democrats want to be uh, sitting at the table at this point moving forward, they need to get rid of that hard left. If they continue to keep on to those folks, they're going to be irrelevant in, in discussions moving forward because American people are sick and tired of being used, abused, and discarded by these people. You know, Jack, uh, Donald Trump said last night, I did more for the black community in three years than Joe Biden in 47 years. You know, Kamala Harris, when they were debating in the primary, just eviscerated Joe Biden over his past associations, praise for the former Klansman. Uh, Robert Byrd, who filibustered the Civil Rights Act and was against the Voting Rights Act. And then 13 years later, Joe Biden was literally partnering with the former Klansman to stop uh, integration of schools because he didn't want his kids going to schools that were, quote, a racial jungle. Uh, When you look at the crime bill and the person that was calling inner city kids predators, that was that was that that was Joe Biden. Why does they get law? Why? 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 Why does he get a pass from the Democratic Party that claims they have a, a, a monopoly on compassion for minorities in America? It's the Obama pass, Sean. Whatever they can do to put Obama in the, in the forefront, you're going to see him more over the next 60 days than you've seen him in a long time. Um, they know that that's their only option is to, is to try to bring out that old Obama hope. And unfortunately, you said it. I mean... For, for a woman who's running for vice president to sit there and, and eloquently explain why Joe Biden has had such a horrible history on race. If it was important to her in the primary and now, oh, that was just a debate, that, that doesn't seem particularly convincing to me. I agree, but Sean, what I'm trying to say is if, if you care about your people, whoever, whoever you claim to be, you can't switch who you are to try to appease a particular race. I, I mean, you can't, you can't do that. But aren't we supposed to be, Jack, one glorious nation under God, one yes. united America? That's what. That's the amen. Amen. But if that if that was her message, I think you could respect her. But when her message is used an identity to divide us and say, "Hey, now I'm this race of person, so you should vote for me because of that," and this other party is racist. I mean, don't forget, this lady gets on a stage and. And screams out that our president's racist. So when my eight-year-old little son comes home and he's watching TV with me, I got to explain to him why our president is not racist. That's happening across our nation, Sean. 
It's not okay to use race to divide us like that. She's trying to make her categorize herself in a particular race in order to gain power over people. That is just wrong. And I stand against it. I think it's disgusting. It's hypocritical. And it shows you what the left is really all about. They will do anything and say anything for power. All right, stay right there. We'll continue uh, more with Jack Brewer and Burgess Owens. 800-941-SEAN is our number. You want to be a part of the program. Uh, Somebody I've gotten to know and really respect and love. I mean, just a wonderful woman gave such a compelling speech last night, and her name is Alice Marie Johnson. Earlier today, uh, Burgess, uh, the president gave her a full pardon uh, remember, she was given a life sentence for a one-time drug offense, nonviolent offense, and wow, what a moving speech that was last night. It really was. This is, this is what uh, I want uh, Americans to recognize: the difference is two, the two different weeks we just saw. It's called hope, uh, and, and and what we do as Americans, the most powerful nine words we can tell each other as Americans: if I can do it, you can do it. And that's what the message has been throughout this whole process. People have come from nowhere; they're struggling; they've come back; they've bounced back. Uh, the, 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 the message I gave of my great-great-grandfather, uh, hearing that no black people were not oppressed and, and, and hopeless. There's like, like every other American comes here, and they learn how to educate themselves, they learn their faith in God, they learn how to go out and build businesses and then focus on their family. Anyone who does that, I don't care how they get here, is one generation away from the middle class. I don't care how far you fall. If you tie into that, commit to yourself, and be a good person that people want to pull for, you're one generation away. And that's the, pro- that's the thing that the left does not want us to understand and does not want us to hear. And that's why they're willing to, st- to steal and destroy our history. Because our history tells us what we the people have done together, regardless of race, color, creed, and, and all the other things. We have been the, the best at seeing each other inside out, not outside in. And they, they hate that message, and they will do anything they can to, uh, to, to, to take it away from us. Because the more we know about that, the more we come together, and the more we will not allow the leftist, the godless uh, left, to to take our future away from us. You know, uh, Jack, and we're going to wrap up this half hour here, and I think of all the accomplishments that the president has made and the commitments that he's followed through on, uh, criminal justice reform, police reform, uh, more money for the greater period of time commitment never before, historically black colleges. Uh, We have opportunity zones, record low after record low after record low unemployment for every demographic in the country. Uh, Why didn't Joe and Barack get any of that done in eight years? Because, Sean, they spent eight years trying to get such broad policies passed, right? The criminal justice reforms that they were trying to do, they knew would never get passed. Uh, So they sat there. And another thing is, is while they're there, think about it. Could you really go out and attack Joe Biden's crime bill when he still refused to admit that he was wrong for it? So that administration couldn't have, you know, taken the measures that Donald Trump uh, took. So they tried to change the narrative because they didn't want the Democrats to look back. You know, it's just like what you see with these statues. You know, they talk about these statues, oh, they're racist, they're racist. But every statue they're trying to pull down, the majority of them are Democrats. And so it's, 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 they're trying to put on a facade because they know they have a history. <laughs> of oppression and that their policies still today or oppressive policies and no one calls them that but sean if you are against school choice and you know this you talk about it all the time being against school choice i mean that is oppression at its at the highest level to make these kids go to these broken schools you know and if you you know the same thing is when you when you look at 
what they've done with, with their criminal justice reform. I mean, locking up that many black men. That's why I was so proud of Alice Johnson, because everyone that watched her could feel her. And everyone saw and felt what, it, what, what it's like to be locked up behind bars. And even if you don't have family members, like I know I have family members in prison, but if you don't have family members, you may not be able to understand it. Uh, but the American people saw what those policies have done for us. And I got to run. I, I hate to let you guys go. We could talk about this all day, but I want to thank you both. Burgess Owens, don't forget he's running in uh, Utah's 4th Congressional District. Jack Brewer, prominent supporter and member of Black Voices for Donald Trump. Thank you both for being with us. All right. Well, when we come back, we're going to uh, talk uh, briefly with Air Force Senior Master Sergeant Israel Del Toro, friend of the program, and also get your calls in next half hour. All right, 25 till the top of the hour. Live free or die. America, the world on the brink. Amazon.com, 40% off. Bookstores everywhere. Barnes & Noble, Books A Million, Costco. Costco's been selling a lot. Um, Walmart, Target. Uh, If you want signed copies, uh, we'll have them available tonight on our virtual town hall. I told you I was going to continue to do these. Uh, All you have to do is go at 7 Eastern, 4 Pacific, Hannity.com. And just click the Join Live button. Tonight, I'm just going to be answering your questions the whole time. All right? So we'd love to have you join us. You don't have to buy anything at all. Uh, but if you wanted an autographed copy, they'll be available. But otherwise, just come and let's have a discussion about what's going to happen in 67 days. So in Colorado Springs, a friend of this program, somebody I've known for a long time, come to love and respect so much, uh, both he and his entire family, uh, retired uh, senior master sergeant. His name is Israel Del Toro, and he was denied access to a local gym, and he was also denied access to going into other places. And anyway, he reached out to Live Fitness Colorado Springs, where he wants to work out. Uh, the problem is over him not being able to wear a mask. Now, you might say, well, if that's the rules, you got to be able to follow the rules. There's one big problem. Because of his debilitating injuries that he received fighting for our liberty and fighting for our freedoms, he doesn't have ears. Due to his medical condition, he can't breathe if he has the mask on. Um, we certainly understand people's desire to stop the spread of, of coronavirus. Everybody can appreciate that. But they take his temperature, they pull him aside, we, we need you to wear a mask. All right. He doesn't have ears to put them on. None. And uh, Air Force Senior Master Sergeant Israel Del Toro is back with us. How are you, my friend, and how's your wonderful family? I'm good, Sean. Uh, we're actually here right now in California, taking my son uh, to his college. Wow. Oh, by the way, I've just been there, done that. Less than a week ago. It's rough. It's not fun. Yeah, I'm not, uh, I'm not looking forward to how his mom's going to react. You know, he is our only child, so it well, may be a tough one later As I today. told my daughter, I'm, I'm, I'm not that far away. Just tell me. I'll be right up here. No worries. <laughs> uh, and I'm not a crier, so I just refuse. I, I'm like, okay, got to go. Bye. Race to the car. <laughs> Um, just because, um, you know, I want, I, 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 it's time for, you know, it's like, it's time for the eagle, little eaglet to fly. It's time for our children. And I think if you're a good parent, you instill good values in your kids. And I know it's scary probably for every kid. Um, but they, you know what? It's, there comes a point where they begin now the process of, of being young adults and having to live independent. 
Um, how many years have we known each other? We've met many times. Oh, God. Uh, you know, you're asking a guy that got blown up and forgets. No. All right. Bad question. <laughs> no, right. I'm just with you. Uh, I want to say a good seven, seven. Uh, yeah, right. So, I mean, a long time. And, and, and you're also a big supporter, as I am, of buildinghomesforheroes.org. Uh, what yeah. a wonderful organization they are. They are. They're a great organization, they, what they do for the guys and gals. Why don't you tell right. everybody what happened and, and, and talk about why you don't have ears? Yeah, uh, so, you know, obviously I got hurt in, back in 2005 in Afghanistan uh, when an IED exploded under my Humvee. And from that explosion, you know, I was severely burned, like 80% of my body has third-degree burns, uh, and I lost. Obviously, fingers, body, you know, lost my ears, you know, because just the burns. And also, a lot of things that what people don't understand about, like, severely burned patients like myself, is, like, we can't regulate our body temperature anymore. So, you know, because a lot of times we lose all, all of our sweat glands, so we only have a few in certain areas, so we can't regulate our body temperature. And we don't have the normal process of, you know, being hot you know, then being dehydrated and then feeling, you know, it's hot, straight to heat stroke. So, you know, and a lot of times our, our skin's so hypersensitive and easily breaks because of the burns that, like for me, you'll, you you ever see me wear a hat because I just can't tolerate the heat with it. And it, it, it starts uh, bruising my skin around my forehead. Uh, so, in a nutshell, that, that's a lot what you know happened to me, you know, uh, and once so I my I want to just tell a quick story. My my sister, who's a nurse, she worked in the burn unit for a long time. Um, there's nothing more painful because, especially in the when when you when eighty percent of your body is burned, you you know nothing but pure utter agony. And what they do in terms of the the grafting that will take place, and then the and then the bandages that have to be often replaced, and she would describe every day having to you know just pulling off the 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 bandages. You are putting people in the most excruciating pain. You lived through that for how long? Uh, let's see. I was at least what I can remember. I got I got hurt. December 4th, I woke up in March, so four months in the coma, and then, you know, I was there in the hospital for another, inside the hospital, like the ICU and the four, four East, that they call it, Brook Army Medical Center, for another two months, and then still go through therapy for another year. And I want to say that when I finally was, where it didn't hurt that well, it didn't hurt as much where I needed pain medicine, like, like real hard stuff, like the lotted and uh, uh, methadone and all this other stuff. It was almost, I want to say, 2008 when I was finally able, where I could tolerate enough of the pain, where I'd have to have that medicine. So that is a three solid years. And yeah. the how many operations, how many skin grafts? Uh, I've had... Over my life, over since my injury, I've had over almost 130 plus. Unbelievable. Am I wrong in my description? It's unimaginable pain, excruciating. Oh, no. it's, it was. I, I, I would tell people this. I would describe my pain as like 
like think of your hand and think how a feather a feather feels. You put a feather against my hand, it felt like you were cutting me with razor blades. Unbelievable. That's how painful it was. Where is the pain level now? I mean, you mentioned you can't wear a hat, et cetera, but you know, uh, well, my, even putting a shirt on and having contact with your skin. Uh, for me, you know, the pain for me now is more tolerable. Like I, I could say, my average daily pain for me, like if I don't take any of my other medicine, uh, can get up to a, a seven pain wise out of a ten. Unbelievable! Uh, I I I don't know how you do it. I mean. And I used to ask my sister, because she had a very hard time. She struggled a lot because, you know, the person that is, you know, as gently as humanly possible trying to unwrap these bandages. So then you got to put new ones on and change them often. She was very honest. She said most nurses couldn't last doing it because they they you leave work and you, you have this feeling. All you did was inflict pain on people all day. And it's, you know, and and it's not that they're bad people. They want to help. But it is hard to see that kind of excruciating pain all day long, every day. And you lived it. And that's, you know, the other side of it. Um, so why can't they make an accommodation for you? Well, because well, I'd make any accommodation I could ever make for you. Well, you know, um, when, like I had been working at my working out at my gym since so it opened back up in uh, in March. No, not much. I mean, like in May, middle of May, it opened back up here, there in Colorado. And they didn't, you know, they started, you know, almost, you know, they were saying All right, people have to wear masks. But they always had that exception for for people with medical conditions. And then, you know, the week prior of what happened to me was, you know, last week, uh, they had a meeting where, and the reason I only know, know this, because some of the guys I work out with work there at the gym and are as part of the staff. And they're they're told us like yeah starting tomorrow, you know, everyone has to wear a mask even if they're running or you know any part of the gym they have to wear a mask and no medical exception. And you know even one someone was like do you, like they even brought me up it's like do you know DT can't wear a mask dude? It's already hard enough to breathe because I tell people I to to understand how I feel when I breathe is. Wake up every day, put on a uh, one of those uh, uh, what's those things that the girls used to wrap around their their bodies uh, corset a corset right. tie it as tight as you can. Now walk around in that every single day, and now add that you live at seven thousand feet above sea level, and then ask that same person to put something over their their mouth. They can't do it where they can't breathe. And they can't do it. So I, I could. I, I remember taking my kids to a tournament out. Uh, may I don't know Aspen or something. I'm like, <gasps> I tried to hit. I'm like, I, I couldn't breathe. I could not. I, I'm, I do not do well with with altitudes. All right. As we continue with uh, Air Force Senior Master Sergeant Israel Del Toro, let me ask you this. And I'm sure your friends at the gym don't do not like that you can't be there. As a matter of fact, I've been told that. What, is there any equipment that I could buy you and send over to your house, at least for the interim until this, this plague passes, that would help you? Because I'd love to do that. Because working out for me is like I can't function if I don't work out. Well, I'm, I'm the same way, uh, Sean. It's like what's sad is like, you know, when this whole thing started, the story started, I will get comments. And not only from strangers, but some of my family says, 
why don't you just stay home? No, and, you can't. I, no, no. When you're in a routine, you stick to your routine. No yeah. way. Well, 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 my answer to that, too, when they would say that to me, I was like, listen, do, you can ask my wife. And the doctors told her, the only reason your husband survived, you know, a, given a 15% chance of survival was because he was in amazing shape. He did work out. He wasn't a smoker. He, he wasn't, you know, a big-time drinker. So I tell people, so that's helped me survive this one injury. So now you're telling me to stay home, not work out, get my body in shape, and God forbid I do get this virus, my body may not be strong enough to defeat it. So I was like, well, I'll no, tell you what we could do, out. and you could maybe tell your your buddies at the gym that maybe maybe we'll send the equipment you need, whatever you want. I know you're best friends with Linda. Linda Linda's <laughs> like your, your your biggest fan in the world. Um, uh, so you tell her what you need. We'll order it for you. We'll send it on out to the house. Uh-huh. I hope you have room. If you have, to, maybe just put it outside. I don't care. Whatever works for you, and uh, and then at least you have you know, a bridge until you can go back to your local gym. I know a lot of people, I like to work out alone. I'm just a lunatic. I like to be alone. No, I'm, but, I'm uh, the same way. You know, I don't work, you know, I only have people like, especially like when I'm trying like to max out, it's like, Hey man, just spot me here. Cause you know, you don't want the waste to fall on me on your, on you. Of course uh, not. I'm the same way. I work out on my own. And, and like I said, it was, it was just disappointing when, you know, there are, where they're refusing people with disabilities with medical uh, conditions. They're not applying common sense to the law. They never do. Politicians never do. They're just dumb. Um, Well, I'll tell you what. Just make a list of whatever you need. We'll try and get an express order to your house. And, you know, uh, I I just want you to, you know... I just want you to be happy and, and you know what? You've, You've already given enough for your country. And oh, for you to live the show. life that you deserve is important to all of us. Um, and you could just talk to Linda, and uh, we'll get it worked out for you. Right, my friend? All right. Thank you. I appreciate that, Sean. We love you. Thank, thank you for all you did for our country. I'm so sorry anybody would have to go through the pain that you've dealt with your whole life. And But you do have friends here on this program. Uh, as I said, Linda's writing me now. I'll tell him I'll do it. I'll do it. Just tell him to give me the. Uh, like, all right. So you know, I'm just glad you're giving me an opportunity to speak. And you know, cause yeah, I mean, they're just stupid. These me. places are this stupid. Is, they're rigid bureaucracies, man. It's just so you know, frustrating. Cause, cause for me, it's like it's not for me. It's for me to help those other people that are disabled. They're people that have autism. That when they're they're telling them to stay home because sometimes, you know, the disabled feel like they're second class citizens. Like we should be hidden. And it shouldn't be that way. And and we have a federal law that protects us. The, the Americans with Disability Act of 1990, which falls under the Civil Rights Act. And the good news is, I'm, it, you know, we, we it looks like we're close. I'm putting my faith in medical researchers and scientists to, you know, we know the the better therapeutics are here. We know the three, three now final stage human trials for a vaccine. And hopefully this thing goes away and we get back to normal life. But in the interim, uh, we'll make sure you're taken care of. We love you on this program. We love uh, our veterans. You know, look, all you guys do so much for us. This is the least we could do for you. Um, So Air Force uh, Senior Master Sergeant Israel Del Toro will talk again soon. All right, got to take a quick break. We will come back. We will continue on the other side. Don't forget Town Hall, virtual Town Hall. Anyone can join. You ask me any question you want at uh, Hannity.com. 7 Eastern, 4 Pacific tonight. News Roundup Information Overload. Glad you're with us. Happy Friday. Just 67 days to go. You are then the ultimate jury. 
And uh, don't forget, Live Free or Die. Haven't gotten a copy. We have a, a town hall. If you want a signed copy, they'll be available during the town hall tonight. I'm just taking questions from you uh, for an hour, 7 Eastern and 4 Pacific, if you'd like to join us online. Uh, it's free. Nobody has to buy anything. But if you want autographed copies, they'll be available. Uh, and it's just going to be fun. Me answering your questions, a town hall reflecting the week that just passed, which was the RNC. Now, a lot was going on in the great state of Wisconsin. A lot of what was going on wasn't great. And a lot of that had to do with the violence that was happening and unfolding before our eyes. Uh, Our friend, uh, documentarian, commentator, Ami Horowitz, was there in Kenosha, Wisconsin, interviewing people that were out protesting, and here's what he heard. And all we've been asking for is justice and peace, and that ain't giving us And then you want to know why we burning this up. Yeah, we burning this up. I don't give a Because at first I gave a At first I really gave a I gave a Know what I'm saying? I like sitting around outside doing what the I want to do. I don't want to drive in my car and be scared that I'm going to get pulled over by the police next I smoke more weed than a little bit now. Because I'm stressing, baby. I'm mad, man. This poor man got his house, his business caught on fire. I'm sorry, sir. I'm very sorry about that, man. Yeah, really. I, hey, I have nothing to do with that. I'm trying to stop this here. Dude, I'm going to help this guy. I don't give a if I get beat up. They just threw a bottle at this guy. Turn his head, turn his head. He was just defending his business, that's all he was doing. And they walked up and f***ed him up. F***ed him up. I have it all on video. All of it. He didn't deserve any of that. Any of it. This is just wrong, guys. Do you not see this? This is wrong. This is what's going to happen to every one of you when this goes nationwide. I don't think you realize this. Please, guys. giving me no justice so quit playing with me. let's move man because you know one thing i noticed that we always go to our black neighborhoods everybody even if you're coming from another mother place you come to my guy neighborhood and my up but then the mother on that side locking your up they still got their houses and big boys you know what they doing right now to your mother they sleep 
All right, some more of the sounds that we've been hearing. Uh, burn this boop down and uh, saying that we're going to go into other neighborhoods and wake them up. Anyway, Ami Horowitz, uh, I guess you're just back from Kenosha. Is that true? That is true. And, you know, if this whole radio thing doesn't work out for you, you could be a professional beeper. <laughs> well, it's not like your other radio gig where you're on, uh, where you can play pretty much anything. Uh, That's right. Uh, well, anyway... You know, obviously, you, you know, you watch this, it, there's a pattern, there's been the, the shooting that took place there, um, and then you see the the agitators, the rioters, the looters, those that, you know, and not, again, it, it was late before the governor, it was three straight nights before the governor finally said, yeah, we'll take that help now. Yeah, you know, th- there is a pattern, and here's the pattern. The pattern is something happens with the police and uh, an African-American uh, person. Nobody waits for the facts. Nobody waits to find out what the truth is. And they just start rioting and the Democrats back them. That's the pattern that I've seen. And I've been on your show when I was in, in Minneapolis, when I was in Seattle, when I was in uh, Portland, now when I'm in Wisconsin. And, and here's the reality of what's going on. The reality is that the Democrats have been silent on this violence because they think it's going to drive minority turnout. We already know it's going to backfire on them. We're already seeing evidence of that. They are not waiting for the facts to come out. They're not waiting for the justice system to play out. Look, that what you just showed, we did that, that clip you just played, was, was, it was actually quite fascinating, the background of it. We were standing outside of a hospital, and they were debating with each other whether or not they should attack the hospital, because there was a rumor going around the crowd that Blake was not admitted to that hospital, which is an absolute lie. And another person said, well, he was admitted, but the police officer before him, another lie. And they're literally debating in real time whether or not they're going to go and attack this hospital. Then what happened was they decided to go, and like the guy said, wake up Whitey and go to a upscale neighborhood, which, by the way, I have no idea if those people are white or black, or, and they didn't either, because they don't care. They wanted to go into an upscale neighborhood and create havoc, and that's what they did. The, the train of these people in cars marched into a neighborhood, and, and you know, late at night, were honking their horns, yelling and screaming, and pointing. as the people were coming to their windows to see what's going on, they were using those laser pointers that were, you know, the ones that blinded the cops, you know, in Portland, Seattle. They were using those in the eyes of the people walking up to the windows. And then, after that, they moved on to a synagogue where they then began to tag and graffiti a synagogue with Black Lives Matter and and Free Palestine. So their anti-Semitism flag, their anti-Semitism freak flag was flying out in the open. So these are the kind of things that we saw and the kind of people that we were dealing with. Therefore, we're going to use this as an opportunity to, 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 as as he says, to uh, burn S down. And that's what they did. Well, you saw, for example, violent clashes in D.C. between protesters and the police. We saw Rand Paul. We saw people leaving the president's acceptance speech the final night of the RNC last night. And what happened there, you could see they were organizing. And and again, it is, you know, the, the fact that there's so many, you know, that that is on the political front. Uh, the reality is, is that if we don't restore law and order, people can't be safe and secure. And if you can't be safe and secure, you can't pursue happiness. And innocent people are being victimized all around the country. And there is this mysterious reluctance and resistance and even, 
outright orders that police are not to disperse crowds like this. And I'm not talking about peaceful protesters. I'm talking about violent protesters and anarchists and rioters and and arsonists and, you know, vandals that have, you know, that we've now seen one thing in common. Every place this is happening. These are big liberal cities run by liberal Democrats for decades. That's look, that's the that's the most amazing part of this. Is you look, are there are there black people that live in Oklahoma? Are there black people that live in Texas? Are there black people that live in these red states? Of course there are, but they're not rioting, right? So 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 I mean it's 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 incredible to me, but the at the end of the day, this is going to cost the Democrats. We're already seeing a shift in the way people view these protests. At first, the majority of people in this country did, in fact, support the protests. And we saw an erosion slowly, and now we're seeing an erosion statistically picking up, where Black Lives Matter, the organ in particular, and the protests in general are losing support. And, that, and because the Democrats are either silent or, in a lot of cases, supportive of what's going on, this is coming to bite them electorally. And in a race like this, I think it may end up being the difference. Look, I'm not obviously we, the president doesn't want and I don't want and you don't want this to continue to help us electorally, although I think the Democrats do because they think it's helping them because they're more craven than we are politically, I think. But um, this is going to hurt them, I think, because people are waking up and saying we cannot live in a country like this. This is not the way we're going to work. It's not going to work this way. All right, quick break. Uh, when we come back, uh, we'll get more with Ar- Ami Horowitz, documentarian, and uh, your calls. We died about a day. Another person got killed in Minneapolis today. And y'all want to talk that shit to me about some other justice and peace. But I keep giving you peace, but you ain't giving me no justice. So quit playing with me. Let's move, man, because you know one thing I noticed? That we always go to our black neighborhoods and Don't we? Everybody, even if you're coming from another motherfucking place, you come to my goddamn neighborhood and f my shit up. Right. But then the motherfuckers on that side locking your ass up. They still got their houses and big bus. You know what they doing right now to your motherfucking ass? They sleep. Let's go. Let's wake them up. Let's wake them up. Let's wake them up. Let's wake them up. They gotta work tomorrow, baby. Let's wake them up. As we continue with documentarian, uh, he was in Kenosha, Wisconsin, Ami Horowitz. The Democrats have, we now have polling number to back this up, and that is that 72% of Americans are concerned with the violence in cities, and 62% say it will impact their vote. Uh, And this is Rasmussen. Now, I got to tell you something, Ami. I think the American people watching this unfold and then it being ignored for four straight days, only nine words uttered by Joe Biden. Uh, and I think this was a choice. I think they're in a quandary. I think the quandary is is simple. And that is that, oh, we don't want to we don't want to anger our base leading into an election. Well, that base that they're so afraid of, uh, look at what they're involved in. Now, everybody wants honest law enforcement, period, end of sentence. We need good police officers that are well-trained, that have the equipment and also the ability to maintain and restore order when, when disruptions happen, period. And you've got to do that for grandma, grandpa, moms and dads, and, and innocent kids that have no means to defend themselves, none whatsoever. And by the way, how does anybody defend themselves against an angry mob? It becomes next to impossible. Well, that's why when you don't do that, what you end up happening, uh, uh, that horrific shooting we saw in Wisconsin, 
Uh, that's what ha- when when there's an when there you know when there's an absence of, of police protection or perceived police protection, there's an absence of security. You see, uh, you know, uh, private citizens, a group of people who really shouldn't be running around with guns, uh, but they do, and that's when things escalate because they're not trained professionals. I know their hearts in the right place for the most part, but they're not trained professionals, and they go out with guns. They escalate. It's, it's the never going to end up. If people have people now are out there. You know, and we saw this in Michigan at the State House. We saw this in the Chaz Chop Zone in Atlanta uh, after the Rayshard Brooks case. We've now seen this again in Wisconsin in Kenosha. Is that is when people start coming out in large groups with their firearms, it's usually not going to end well. And as the biggest defender of the Second Amendment in this country, it's problematic. Now, the, the problem is, is those people that are talking about defunding the police, which they're doing in cities uh, at what at some point people have no other option. If the police won't defend you, what do honest law abiding people then do? It, it, they're now creating a situation and all this rhetoric from everybody on the left and all these politicians about defund the police, defund the police. OK, the, most of them have protection. Hollywood stars, they can afford protection. But, but what about the, peop- the, the people, we the people of this country? We don't have protection. The only protection we have is the protection we'll provide ourselves. The, the hypocrisy on the left, look, it, it never ceases to amaze me. In particular, the hypocrisy of these sports stars, these NBA stars, who, who are living the, the, the good life and sucking everything they possibly can out of, out of, out of, out of the economic system. Right? These are fabulously wealthy people, yet these are the ones who are saying that I, can't, I don't feel safe walking outside of my house. They have 10 security guards around them. I mean, it's, it's ridiculous. And by the way, this hypocrisy is not going unnoticed. By, by, by the people. That's why the ratings of the NBA are just plummeting. Absolutely. Uh, listen, there's an opportunity here that's being missed for them. And and I don't care what sport people are playing, but the opportunity is is to, w- using the, 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 what do you, what would you call it? the star power that they have yeah, the uh, to make real change, to, to have a platform that's going to make sure every kid gets education and every town and every city is safe and secure. You know, we could start in Chicago, considering the violence there has been going on the longest. Anyway, 800-941-SEAN is our number. Ami Horowitz, thank you so much for being with us. We always appreciate you being here. Uh, We'll get to your calls and uh, some of the highlight reel from the president's speech last night. We'll continue. Five now till the top of the hour. Live free or die. America, the world on the brink. Amazon.com, 40% off. Bookstores everywhere. If you're out and about this weekend, if you're at Costco's, Target, Walmart, Books a Million, Barnes and Noble, uh, they have that. We have our virtual town hall tonight, 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 o'clock Pacific. That will be in an hour and 24 minutes from right now. Just go to Hannity.com, click on the Join Live button. It's absolutely free to join. Uh, anyway, let's go to last night. This, the, the difference a week makes is, is just be, it's, it's like a, it's sort of like a, a, a Zoom call gone bad versus what is the adults in charge of a convention. 
And it was that dramatic. You go from a hate fest, I hate Trump. Do you hate Trump? Yeah, I hate Trump. Trump, Trump, hate, 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 hate. You know, cultish, psychotic rage and madness to the Donald Trump's, you know, crescendo last night. And the president just did a, a, a perfect balance of attacking Joe Biden, their radicalism, and what is at stake in this election. My fellow Americans tonight with a heart full of gratitude and boundless optimism. I profoundly accept this nomination for President of the United States. And yet, despite all of our greatness as a nation, everything we have achieved is now in danger. This is the most important election in the history of our country. Thank you. At no time before, have voters faced a clearer choice between two parties, two visions, two philosophies, or two agendas. This election will decide whether we save the American dream or whether we allow a socialist agenda to demolish our cherished destiny. It will decide whether we rapidly create millions of high-paying jobs or whether we crush our industries and send millions of these jobs overseas, as has foolishly been done for many decades. Your vote will decide whether we protect law-abiding Americans or whether we give free reign to violent anarchists and agitators and criminals who threaten our citizens. And this election will decide whether we will defend the American way of life or whether we will allow a radical movement to completely dismantle and destroy it. That won't happen. Joe Biden is not a savior of America's soul. He is the destroyer of America's jobs. And if given the chance, he will be the destroyer of American greatness. For 47 years, Joe Biden took the donations of blue-collar workers, gave them hugs and even kisses. And told them he felt their pain. And then he flew back to Washington and voted to ship our jobs to China and many other distant lands. Joe Biden spent his entire career outsourcing their dreams and the dreams of American workers offshoring their jobs, opening their borders, and sending their sons and daughters to fight in endless foreign wars, wars that never ended. From the moment I left my former life behind, and it was a good life, I have done nothing but fight for you. I did what our political establishment never expected and could never forgive breaking the cardinal rule of Washington politics, I kept my promise. And to bring prosperity to our forgotten inner cities, we worked hard to pass historic criminal justice reform, prison reform, opportunity zones, and long-term funding of historically black colleges and universities. And before the China virus came in, produced the best unemployment numbers for African-Americans, Hispanic-Americans, and Asian-Americans ever recorded. 
And I say very modestly that I have done more for the African-American community than any president since Abraham Lincoln, our first Republican president. And I have done more in three years for the black community than Joe Biden has done in 47 years. And when I'm reelected, the best is yet to come. We have spent the last four years reversing the damage Joe Biden inflicted over the last 47 years. Biden's record is a shameful roll call of the most catastrophic betrayals and blunders in our lifetime. He has spent his entire career on the wrong side of history. Biden voted for the NAFTA disaster, the single worst trade deal ever enacted. He supported China's entry into the World Trade Organization, one of the greatest economic disasters of all time. After those Biden calamities, the United States lost one in four manufacturing jobs. We laid off workers in Michigan, Ohio, New Hampshire, Pennsylvania, and many other states. They didn't want to hear Biden's hollow words of empathy. They wanted their jobs back. As vice president, he supported the Trans-Pacific Partnership which would have been a death sentence for the U.S. auto industry. He backed the horrendous South Korea trade deal, which took many jobs from our country and which I've reversed and made a great deal for our country. He repeatedly supported mass amnesty for illegal immigrants. He voted for the Iraq war. He opposed the mission to take out Osama bin Laden. He opposed killing Soleimani. He oversaw the rise of ISIS and cheered the rise of China as a positive development for America and the world. Some positive development. Unfortunately, from the beginning, our opponents have shown themselves capable of nothing but a partisan ability to criticize. When I took bold action to issue a travel ban on China very early indeed, Joe Biden called it hysterical and xenophobic. And then I introduced a ban on Europe very early again. If we had listened to Joe, hundreds of thousands more Americans would have died. Instead of following the science, Joe Biden wants to inflict a painful shutdown on the entire country. His shutdown would inflict unthinkable and lasting harm on our nation's children, families, and citizens of all backgrounds. The cost of the Biden shutdown would be measured in increased drug overdoses, depression, alcohol addiction, suicides, heart attacks, economic devastation, job loss, and much more. Joe Biden's plan is not a solution to the virus, but rather it's a surrender to the virus. Biden has promised to abolish the production of American oil, coal, shale, and natural gas, laying waste to the economies of Pennsylvania, Ohio, Texas, North Dakota, Oklahoma, Colorado, 
and New Mexico, destroying those states, absolutely destroying those states and others. Millions of jobs will be lost and energy prices will soar. These same policies led to crippling power outages in California just last week. Everybody saw that. Tremendous power outage. Nobody's seen anything like it, but we saw that last week in California. How can Joe Biden claim to be an ally of the light when his own party can't even keep the lights on? <laughs> Joe Biden's campaign has even published a 110-page policy platform. You can't get away from this. Co-authored with far-left senator, crazy Bernie Sanders. The Biden-Bernie manifesto calls for suspending all removals of illegal aliens, implementing nationwide catch and release, and providing illegal aliens with free taxpayer-funded lawyers. Everybody gets a lawyer. Come on over to our country. Everybody has a lawyer. We have a lawyer for you. That's what we need is more lawyers. <laughs> Joe Biden recently raised his hand on the debate stage and promised to your giveaway. He was going to give it away your health care dollars to illegal immigrants, which is going to bring massive numbers of immigrants into our country. Massive numbers will pour into our country in order to get all of the goodies that they want to give, education, health care, everything. He also supports deadly sanctuary cities that protect criminal aliens. He promised to end national security travel bans from jihadist nations and he pledged to increase refugee admissions by 700%. This is in the manifesto. The Biden plan would eliminate America's borders in the middle of a global pandemic. And he's even talking about taking the wall down. How about that? Biden also vowed to oppose school choice and close all charter schools ripping away the ladder of opportunity for black and Hispanic children. The most dangerous aspect of the Biden platform is the attack on public safety. The Biden-Bernie manifesto calls for abolishing cash bail, immediately releasing 400,000 criminals onto the streets and into your neighborhoods. When asked if he supports cutting police funding, Joe Biden replied, yes, absolutely. When Congresswoman Ilhan Omar called the Minneapolis Police Department a cancer that is rotten to the root, Biden wouldn't disavow her support and reject her endorsement. He proudly displayed it shortly later on his website, displayed it in big letters. Make no mistake, if you give power to Joe Biden, the radical left will defund police departments all across America. They will pass federal legislation to reduce law enforcement nationwide. They will make every city look like Democrat-run Portland, Oregon. No one will be safe in Biden's America. My administration will always stand with the men and women of law enforcement. In the face of left-wing anarchy and mayhem in Minneapolis, Chicago, and other cities, Joe Biden's campaign did not condemn it. They donated to it. 
At least 13 members of Joe Biden's campaign staff donated to a fund to bail out vandals, arsonists, anarchists, looters, and rioters from jail. All right, that's going to wrap things up for today. Don't forget, a little over an hour from now, 7 o'clock Eastern Time, the link goes up on Hannity.com, an absolutely free virtual town hall. Uh, I will be answering your questions, all questions about 2020, about live free or die. Sign copies of the book. If you if you want a signed copy, that's available. You do not have to buy anything to join it. It's just let's have a discussion about the election, live free or die, what's at stake, what the choice is all about. And it's open. It's free for everybody. A little over an hour from right now, 7 Eastern, 4 Pacific. Go to Hannity.com and just click on the join here button. That's simple. All right. When we get back on Monday, uh, it's going to be 64 days till the election and you become the ultimate jury. Hope you have a great weekend. Buckle up. It's going to be a rough ride these next 66 days. Straight ahead. We'll see you hopefully online in an hour at Hannity.com. See you back here on Monday.